Interaction, communication, conversation, intimacy. At the core of our very being, we are drawn to him. Drawn to his voice, drawn by a whisper. Yet we are deafened by this world, assailed by the noise. Our senses convulsing in the daily fight for attention. The momentum of activity threatening to steal control. But he is always speaking. In the extraordinary and the ordinary. He is always speaking. Always waiting. Waiting for us to tune in to the wavelengths of his voice. To find life in the richness of his word. Waiting for us to take hold of the promise that we might hear him. Thank you so much. Great to be all together. Let's welcome everybody from Cambridge, Leicester, joining us online. So good to be together for this second part of this really important series on hearing God. I don't know if you've paused recently just to think how stunning it is that God, our Heavenly Father, who created everything and sustains everything, wants to speak to you and me right now. Isn't that incredible? Why don't we just thank the Lord for the privilege of Him speaking to us. For some time now, I've been... uh, struggling to hear God uh, on a, a concerning a future ministry initiative, but recently began to get some clarity. Uh, firstly, it's come through a number of conversations with key people. How many know God loves to speak in community and through relationships? And I was having one of these key conversations, and I'd parked my car and was, was exiting, and I looked at um, the little um, sort of sign there, a digital thing that lets you know you've paid, and these words came up. I'd never seen them before. The future begins now. Now, that wasn't a word from the Bible, but I kind of smiled and took that as a bit of an encouragement for the Lord. So even though I'm not part of Kingsgate Youth, in case you're wondering, I went back to Karen and said, guess what? The future begins now. And, but, you know, I needed a little bit more confirmation. I said, um, you know, I really need to hear directly from you, Lord. So Tuesday evening, I said, Lord, I need you really to speak to me, maybe through a prophecy or a dream. And then that night, um, I woke up in the middle of the night. And I don't think it was a dream. I just think I was in a state of semi-slumber. Anyone relate to that? You're kind of like, and as clear as day, as clear as I'm speaking to you, not audibly, I've never heard the voice of the Lord audibly. I knew the Lord speaking to me from a scripture that I knew in Philippians 3 verse 14. It kind of leapt into my heart and it was this. Um, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. And it was just that phrase, the prize. And I knew what the Lord was saying was there's a heavenly prize that as I keep on following him, keep pressing forward to take kingdom territory, there is going to be a great prize and a great reward. And then I went back to sleep. 
Next morning, I woke up and I still had this word kind of uh, strongly in my heart. I knew exactly that the Lord had spoken. Now, how many of you have woken up for a, a, a night word or a, a dream and you're not sure whether it was you, the pizza, the cheese or whatever? Well, this was one of those ones when I knew it was the Lord. And so I went back to that particular verse. I like to make sure that what I'm hearing lines up with the whole of the passage. And so I went back to it. Uh, I looked at some commentaries on the book of Philippians. And also went back to the preceding verse than the one I'd just given, and it's this. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. And I just felt the Lord saying, yeah, the future begins now. And it was an encouragement to keep going forward. And literally since then, it was like courage came where there was confusion. Peace and faith came where there was doubt. Do you know, when you hear a word from God, it changes everything. Amen. And I haven't got all the answers, but I'm moving step by step in the journey the Lord has laid out for me. How many right now could do with a word from God? You know, there's a situation where you're lacking clarity. Well, I've got good news for you. God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. Now, I don't know about you, but I've not always been able to hear the voice of God. I still find it's a journey. But when I first became a Christian, I really, really struggled to hear the voice of God. I mean, I, I'd been not a Christian for the first 19 years of my life. So I had so much kind of not, not that was not right in my mind. I needed God, as it were, to clean me up. And the other problem I had was I, I was think, expecting like a voice or voices kind of in my head. Uh, and um, I, I realised that God didn't want to speak to me primarily through an audible voice in my head. He wanted to, as it were, speak to my spirit, my inner man where the Holy Spirit resides. Not so much in an audible voice, but in what um, 1 Kings 19 says is the still small voice. It was like a prompting or a whisper, a sense of an, uh, often being called a knowing in my knower. How many of you have ever had a knowing in your knower? And just know God is speaking. Well, it's such an important way to hear God. The next Sunday, we're going to spend the whole message focusing on how to hear the whispers of God or the still small voice. But today I want to focus on the second primary way that I began to discover that I believe is foundational for us if we're followers of Jesus Christ, which is we need to learn to hear God through His Word. We need to hear God through His Word. Now, when I say the word Word... Um, if you look in the New Testament, there are two primary ways that the word word comes through. In the, in the Greek, um, it's translated two ways. So we have two words, logos, say logos, logos. and rhema. Now, sometimes those words are used interchangeably. In other words, it seems like they mean the same. But many other occasions, they're used differently to convey two different ways that God speaks. So let me just briefly and simply summarize them. Firstly, I would summarize the Logos word as what God has already spoken to us. Sometimes it's called the revealed word or the constant word. How many know God has already spoken a whole bunch of stuff to us? But we not only need the logos, we also need the rhema, which is simply, the rhema word is what God is personally speaking to us right now. It's like you have a, a word from the constant word into the specific situation that you are facing, and we need both. Now, God is committed to speaking. My challenge is, am I listening? 
Anyone else? And so we need to learn to listen carefully. Say, listen carefully. So firstly, we need to listen carefully to what God has already said. That is the Logos. John 1 may be very familiar to many of us. It says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word there is Logos. Verse 14, the Word, the Logos, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Who is that talking about? Jesus. He is we would say the living Word of God. In other words, if you want to know what God is like, you want to know His will for your life, you want to know what it looks like to be a fully alive human being on planet Earth, filled by the Holy Spirit, with a purpose now and eternal life and resurrection in the age to come, look no further than the person, the work and the character of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so we need to focus on Jesus, absolutely. Come on, let's, yeah, let's honour Jesus. He's our starting place. And Dwayne White, who brought an excellent word to, to kick off the series last week, he made this very powerful statement that I want to sort of re-emphasise, which is that if you're hearing stuff and it doesn't line up with who Jesus is, what Jesus said, what Jesus is like, then I want to tell you it's not from God because Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God. So he's the, the written, sorry, he's the living word, the living Logos. But the only way that we know about Jesus, the living word, is through the Bible, the written word. This will soon be a collector's item. It's a paper Bible. Some of you are like, I've never seen one of those before. <laughs> but, but whether in written form or in digital form, we have the Bible. And the thing about the Bible is not only do we discover about Jesus through the Bible, but also if you look at Jesus, everything about his life, his ministry, his death and his resurrection was shaped by the Bible. So for example, it's often referenced that over 300 Old Testament scriptures were fulfilled by Jesus during his life. And then, I mean, one of my favourites is, you know, in the wilderness... Jesus is there with the devil, tempting him. He doesn't say, hey devil, I'm the son of God, stop it. No, he gets scriptures that he must have memorised and put in his heart and says three times from the book of Deuteronomy, it is written, it is written, it is written. And he defeated the devil, the living word defeated the devil based on the authority of the written word. And all the way through his teaching, his ministry, his life, and eventually his resurrection. So here's my, here's my kind of challenge and question to us. If Jesus, who is God in human form, he is the living word, chose during his earthly ministry to depend not just on the Father and the Spirit, but also on the Scriptures, on the written word of God. How on earth do we think we can get away with thriving and succeeding and flourishing in life as his disciples unless we do the same? If we want to follow us to Jesus Christ, want to be radical disciples, we've got to be those who immerse ourselves in the written Word of God. And so that's what I want to talk about for the rest of the time. How can we, as it were, hear God speak to us through the Bible? So the question is, just very briefly, why the Bible? Now there's so much, <laughs> this is like a whole series, by the way, rather than a sermon. So we'll be here by about three o'clock and you, you know, you'll miss the tennis and the ashes. Don't worry, we're, it's all fine. 
Uh, no, but seriously, there's so much we can say on this, but very clearly, the Bible is unique. It's not like any other book. It's not like any other religious book. In fact, it's not actually a book. It's uh, the books. It's a divine library. And every single one of the books, every single one of the pages, every single one of the words is inspired by God. That doesn't mean that God physically wrote the original script. He inspired the authors and the prophets who spoke He gave inspiration to them so that what we can say is we have a God-breathed book. It's inspired by God. He has already spoken to us by the Bible. So if you're struggling to hear from God, I want to tell you, all you need to do is this. Or more likely, open your phone and get an app. God's spoken to you through the Bible. Uh, 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says, All Scripture, say all Scripture. You haven't got to say this, but even the bits we find hard to understand or challenging, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. 2 Peter 1 verse 21 makes the uh, clear that the prophets, those who were inspired in the writing of the Scriptures, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So we've established here we need to base our lives on the authority of God's Word. So practically, what does it look like for us to get into the Word in such a way that it shapes our life? I've got so much I could say, but I'm just going to limit it to two practical encouragements. The first is this. We need to read the Bible regularly. Say regularly. Now this is first base stuff, but if we're missing this, Uh, will struggle moving beyond. So the famous pollster, George Gallup Jr., observed of the Bible, it's the best-selling, least-read book in America. It's a a global best-seller, year on year on year out. But the question is, we may have Bibles, we may even own these relics, (laughs) or we may have digital Bibles galore available to us. The question is, are we actually reading it regularly? There was a survey done Uh, a while back, that said that the regular reading of the Scriptures had a massive impact on people's mental health and spiritual growth. Maybe no surprise to us, but here here I thought was amazing. And they defined it, though, that the change came when people read the Bible at least four times a week. So when they did the survey, they found that if people who read the Bible once or twice a week, it had negligible impact. Sorry to discourage you if that's what you're doing. It also had little impact, only a slight improvement for people who read it three times a week. But for those who read it regularly, at least four times a week, it had a massive impact on different areas of their life. For example, those who read the Bible regularly were 30% less likely to feel lonely 32% less likely to have anger issues, 60% less likely to report feelings of spiritual stagnation. And get this, 228% more likely to be active in sharing their faith with others. Let me tell you, the Bible changes you. When you get the word in you, it makes a massive difference. Notice the emphasis there is on regularity. We've just got to get into it on an ongoing basis. Now, I don't know about you, I don't wake up in the morning um, just sort of naturally disciplined. Anyone else? Some of you do. Okay, amazing. Pray for me afterwards. But I need, I need a system 
to help me focus on the word in the right way. And so I just want to encourage you, use what's out there. I've been joking about paper Bibles and whatever. But seriously, we do live in a digital age. There is this amazing app that we've heard about called YouVersion. It's just full of great stuff. Amazing Bible reading plans. Some will take you through the Bible more slowly if you feel you've got less time or you're new to it. Some will take you through the Bible more quickly. Some of it will be systematic. Some of it's topical. Just check it out and find something that works for you. For many years now, both myself and Karen, our favorite Bible reading planning is Nicky Gumbel's Bible in one year. The reason I like it first is, is it has a set reading plan. Now, I haven't got time every morning to sort of, sort of waste time saying, Lord, what, what am I supposed to read today? Uh, it's just there. Okay, Psalm 88. Do it. Okay, just do it. It gets me going straight away. Secondly, I love it because it takes you through the whole Bible in a year. In other words, you start reading bits that you might not think, oh, this is my favorite little verse on peace. This is, you know, I'm right now in the sort of the sloth of despond of the two kings. Do you know the book of two kings where almost like every king messes up? I mean, it's depressing reading, isn't it? And then, and then I read last couple of days, daylight dawns, Hezekiah shows up. Here's a man after God's own heart. I thought, whoa. But I'm reading stuff. I'm immersing myself. I'm learning lessons from God's Word. And God's speaking to me from bits that I wouldn't choose to read. So it does it systematically. And the third thing I love about Bible in one year is that Nikki gives a little commentary about each text. And the reason I think that's important is unless you've got time to pour over, you know, like, 10 commentaries every time you do your Bible study. How many know there are parts of the Bible that are difficult to understand? The Bible was written uh, a long, long time ago in a different culture. It's got different human authors underneath the inspiration. So we need to understand and interpret the Bible. And I think Nikki just does a great job in simply, uh, as it were, unpacking and interpreting the Bible for you. Now, you don't have to do that one. Find a plan that works for you. Now, here we are. Can you believe that we are already into the second half of 2023? I mean, where's, where's the first half gone? So for those of you who've never started reading the Bible or never had a systematic plan, what a great, great time to start. Why don't I say, right, I'm going to set my course for the second half this year. For those of you who set out with great enthusiasm on January the 1st and lost the plot in January the 10th, I'll tell you, there's hope. How many know there's no condemnation for those of us in Christ? (laughs) Dust yourself down, get up, because this is not a a law thing. This is for your good. God wants to help you hear from him and have your mind renewed. So why not, you know, go to the version app, decide on a plan, stick to it, find a time and a place that works for you when you're at your best. You know, get yourself a nice cup of tea. It can't be coffee. It has to be tea. It brings the anointing. Somewhere, even, even, even a place in your home, wherever you do it, that just works for you. And if you need help to be disciplined, why not sort of agree with somebody else? Say, hey, let's do this plan together and let's hear, hold one another accountable and see what God is saying. So get started or get restarted on regularly, say regularly, regularly reading the Bible and just watch what God will do. The second encouragement, because I know there's many of you already doing that, I just want to briefly encourage you to study the Bible purposefully. This is different. Reading, 
And then there's studying. One of the reasons I really, I believe, started growing as a new Christian quite fast and being able to hear the Lord speak was as well as trying to read through the Bible, um, I also, at various times, sensed the Lord wanting me to, as it were, dig into a particular topic or area. So, for example, for some reason, early on in my Christian life, I felt him saying, I want to start speaking to you about the whole area of healing. And I want to show you that, you know, I am uh, your healer. I thought, well, great. So in those days, without <laughs> lots of digital help, I had to get an old concordance and started going, reading through my Bible. And every time I found a verse that was to do with healing or wholeness or health or miracles, um, I would literally um, highlight that verse in blue. And there were parts of the Bible that ended up, it was, I don't think you can see this, it was almost like a blue Bible. Why? Because there was so much on it. There was so much on these verses on, on, on healing. And you say, why did you do that? And what happened? Well, what happened was, I realised that healing wasn't just a little sort of extra add-on just for occasional incredible people of faith. God wanted healing to be a normal place of the Christian life. And I've been a Christian and I've been leadership long enough to know that not every person we prayed for gets breakthrough, but ultimately, if they're in Christ, they're going to get ultimately healed in the new heavens and the new earth and receive resurrection bodies. But it, it gave me a kind of a front foot attitude to this whole area of healing. And as I got into the Word, literally it was like the Word became medicine to my own physical being. The Word is like medicine. And then, for some reason, I felt the Lord saying, yeah, I'm your healer, but I also want to teach you that I'm your provider. And so I started going through a similar study on everything to do with finances and giving and stewardship all the way through the Bible. And I felt the Lord beginning to say to me, look, I want to teach you how to be grounded in this area, not to fall into the extreme ditch of poverty on the one hand or materialistic prosperity on the other. I want to teach you how to put first my kingdom and my righteousness. I want you to teach you how to put me first and start tithing and then give beyond it and be a wise steward. And honestly, God did something that still 30, 40 years later, still living in the good of. And as I became convinced about God's generosity journey, that means that through all the ups and downs of uh, you know, financial situations and economic climates, I can honestly say, I know that God is good and He is our provider. Amen. And I use those as two examples. I've done many other studies. And I simply want to say to you, you know, particularly if you sense God speaking, what area is God speaking to you on? Again, you can check out version. You may find a, you'll find a reading plan on almost anything. Um, and then dig into it and watch what God will do. It may be you just want to really track in and go deeper on our Sunday teaching and work it through in life groups. But uh, read the Bible regularly. Study the Bible purposely. And what happens as we do this is that we realise that something changes in our lives. You may notice that this Bible is kind of falling apart a bit. I now use the digital Bible. I'm reminded of the great quote of Charles Spurgeon, who said, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. And so we need to get into the Word, because what the Word will do, it will deal with our minds and help prepare us to hear from God. But also, the Word of God is like, like Jesus, the living Word. It's like a filter. If you start hearing stuff, it doesn't matter whether it's a dream, a vision, or prophecy, if it's something that contradicts with the main plain things of Scripture, can I tell you, it is not from God. 
And if we want to be people who hear, hear from God without the Bible, we'll end up weird and we don't want any weird Christians around here. Amen? We want to be on the straight and we want to stay true and strong in our hearing from God. So, secondly then, once we can hear God through what he's already said, we're then ready to listen to what God is saying to us. That's the rhema in the here and now. In other words, we move from the logos, Jesus and the Bible, to the, the now word. I'm glad that God speaks now as well as spoke back then. Amen? I'm glad, glad that God intervenes in our situations. And you know, next week we'll hear about the still small voice. Week after that we'll hear, hear uh, partly about the role of prophecy. And we've got visions. We've got, God speaks in many ways. But for me, the most basic and the simplest way that God speaks in the here and now is to take a word, the rhema, from the word, the logos, the Bible, and make it personal to me in a particular situation. That's what I experienced on Tuesday night when I woke up. I, I'd studied the book of Philippians. We're going to do a series on it in the autumn. It's an amazing book. But it was like God took a now word about the prize that I already knew about here, but it became a now word into what I was facing. How many want to hear God speak from the Bible in a, in a personal way? So rather than just wait for this to happen, I believe we can position ourselves to hear from God on a more regular basis. And we can do it simply by positioning ourselves to focus on the Word of God. And what I want to introduce you to, or for some of you, remind you of, it's an ancient practice. It's been um, something that's been employed through a whole chunk of church history, and it's called Lectio Divina. Just because we're in kind of learning languages, let's say that, Lectio Divina. Now, what it simply means, it's Latin for spiritual or sacred reading, divine or sacred reading quote from Pope Benedict, I would like to mention the spread of the ancient practice of Lectio Divina or spiritual reading of sacred scripture. It consists in poring over a biblical text for some time, reading it and rereading it as it were, ruminating on it and squeezing from it all its juice so that it may nourish meditation and contemplation and like water succeed in irrigating life itself. And it seems like this ancient practice is coming back in strongly. For those of you who follow, for example, Pete Gregg, there's a whole ministry being developed called Lectio 365 that's based on this practice. Now, there are different kind of ways people express it, but there are four basic steps in Lectio Divina, and how to hear God speak, as it were, specifically to you, a rhema from the Logos, the written word. Step number one, and the Latin will be in the brackets, is read. Just say read. That's, the, that's Latin Lectio. It just simply means read. Now, this is not so much, this is not the same as reading the whole Bible or studying the Bible. This is when, and this is how I do it, when I'm reading through my devotions, I'm listening to God to kind of like a little tug in my spirit for a verse, a phrase or a thought that I may sense God speaking to me on that moment in that day. And so at that point, I like to write down what God is saying to us. 
Why do I, why do I like to write it down? Because, um, I don't know about you, but sometimes I think I'm hearing from God and it was maybe not a God thought, it was just a good thought. And so what I like to do is I like to go back in my journal and often on the Sabbath, end of the week, I like to go back and I like to go back over what I've journaled and what God has been speaking to me on and I like to go back and I like to filter. Okay, that really, that was, that was what God is saying to me. And so I'd encourage you, write down, either digitally on paper, find a journal and record what you sense God is saying. So that's the first thing, is we need to read, not whole like chapters, but take a verse, a phrase and read it. And then what I like to do, I like to write it down and then I'm ready, second step, to meditate. Say meditate. Now meditation is quite in vogue in our culture today, but I'm not talking about just zoning out and going to like, ah, oh, meditating, clearing my mind and just waiting for any voice that comes in. No, I'm talking about consciously focusing my mind and my heart on the Lord and on His Word, biblical Christian meditation, amen? And I go to this passage and I maybe read it and reread it and I start pondering, what's God saying to me? What did God say to Paul when he, he spoke? What's God saying to me? What's the application in my life right now? And I write it down. And then third step is this. And by the way, the key to meditation is not just in your mind, but it's getting in your heart and then speaking out of your mouth. You've got to declare what God is saying. Learn, learn to speak the word. And then thirdly, I like to pray it. This is the third step. Often this point, I've done my devotion, my, my Bible reading, written something down, and then as part of my prayer time, not always, but sometimes, I'll just go and I'll take the Scripture and I'll start saying it to myself again and again. And I'll almost pray the Scripture back to the Lord. And then the fourth step is this, contemplate. Now, I'm a little bit too... My, by personal, I'm a bit more active than contemplative. So I, I find it a little bit hard to sit still. Anyone else? So, <laughs> but I'm learning the importance of being still and know that he's God. And it's in that moment of where I quietly let what God has said to me, as it were, just, just I ponder it in my heart. And in many times I sense God, as it were, taking the word deeper. And the word doesn't just stay here or even here, it just gets right, seeps down in my whole being. And then I can take the word into my day. I can have it ready at any occasion so I can speak out what God is saying. Amen? Now, so I want to commend to you this practice, not just as it were reading the whole Bible, studying the Bible, but I want to recommend to you this practice of devotional reading of Scripture. Try it. You'll see that God will start speaking to you in a whole different way. Now, very often I will hear God speak as I'm doing my devotions. Other times though, and it's in the instance I shared at the beginning with Philippians chapter three, I may in some previous time have been studying the Bible and then the Holy Spirit brings a particular verse or a thought into the situation I'm facing. Many years ago, uh, heard news that my brother had suddenly and tragically died. And it was just like a complete shock to the whole family. Any of you have ever been bereaved, you'll know what I'm talking about. This was a particular tragic and sudden, uh, sudden instance. And so we were kind of reeling and emotionally the whole, felt really kind of churned up. At the time I had been, prior to this, I'd been meditating particularly on Psalm 23 and on the Lord being our shepherd. How many know it's a wonderful psalm, one of the best loved, if not most famous psalms in the whole Bible? So how many know that Psalm 23 is always true? Try it over here. 
It's always true. It's what God has said to us. So I'd been reading Psalm 23, been getting blessed, but suddenly I'm out grieving the loss of my brother and uh, I go out on a prayer walk and suddenly I notice fields full of sheep. Simple little word from the Lord, Dave, you are my sheep. Now that was already true, but it was like the comfort and the reassurance of knowing that God was personally on my case. I felt like a comfort and a healing, you know, right in that moment, God spoke to me a word from his word and he wants to do that with you in whatever situation you're facing. He wants to come close to you. He wants to speak to you and he wants to reveal himself to you. So I'd like to encourage us all to stand. Let's um, respond wherever we're watching from today. God is good, amen. God is good. Now last week, Dwayne had us do something similar and I'd like to encourage us a moment. We're gonna pray over our spiritual hearing. Because how many know that God wants to open our ears? I love Isaiah 40, it says, He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like someone being instructed. He doesn't just want us to wait for crisis situations or great opportunities. He wants to speak to us. And here's here's a word I have for a number of you. Some of you have never really, you you may have been around for a while, maybe you're a new Christian, maybe you're on the journey for a long time. But God's wanting to open up to you a whole new vista of intimacy with Him. Can I say, hearing from God is not for super prophets alone or people in the past. He wants to speak to you. Another translation of that verse says, He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. 2023, our vision focus for this year is radical disciples. I was thinking about this. The key to us being radical disciples starts with, we've got to hear His voice. And then we've got to believe it and we've got to obey it. So if you're here today and you want to hear God better, you want to grow in your discipleship of Jesus, or maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus at all, this would be a great moment to say, Lord, I want to know you. I know about you. I've heard about you. But I don't know you personally. Well, I've got good news for you. Jesus came. He died. He shed his blood. He rose from the dead. He cleared the way. He he came to clear away all your sin and stuff that's stopping you get to know God. And then he says, I want to come into your life by my spirit and I want to begin a relationship with you. Even right now, why don't you just say, Lord, come. I open my heart and my life to you. Come on, let's all just put out our hands for a moment. Lord, for those of you who are already followers of Jesus, say, God, I want to learn how to hear your voice. I want you to open my ears. I know Dwayne led us in this last week, but I want to just do this again because I I want you just uh, as a sort of an action, just put your hands on your ears. We're doing this symbolically. We're saying, God, we want you to speak to us, as it were, our, our spiritual ears. We want you to waken us and speak to us morning by morning, day by day. And Lord, as we're doing this, I pray right now for over every single person listening and watching, 
every single person in Kingsgate. I pray, Lord, that you would give us an increase of a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That we might hear you more clearly. We might be sensitised to your voice. I pray, Lord, against any confusion or doubt. I pray, Lord, where people are confused by stuff in the past. Lord, I pray you'd help them lay stuff down that wasn't from you and discern through the confusion and peace would come. Lord, even if we felt like we failed, and you may say, I never learned how to hear God. Well, praise God, today is the day. This is a new day. It's a new day dawning. He wants to speak to you. He wants to upgrade your hearing. Thank, begin to thank Him. Begin to put faith in that. Say, so Lord, thank you, Lord. Something's rising in my heart. I'm, I'm in faith, Lord. I'm expectant. You're going to speak to me in a whole way. So we, well, that's our prayer bit. But, but then there's an action part. There's a, there's a positioning on our side. As I've been speaking today, what does it look like for you to place yourself regularly where you can hear from God? Maybe it's the regular reading of the Bible. You know, straight after this meeting, just go and get the app and find a, a system that's going to work for you and maybe buddy up with somebody, but just make a decision. Find a time and a place right now. Make a decision. God, I'm going to carve out this time for you. This is what I want to offer to you. Even now in this, uh, this prayerful, responsive moment, make commitments. Maybe you've been reading, but not regularly. Maybe you never started. Others of you, you're already doing this. But God's saying, I want you to learn to hear a rhema more clearly. Maybe it's some of those things about lectio, read and meditate and pray and contemplate. Allow the Word to begin to shape you. Or maybe it's studying a particular area. Father, I pray right now. Thank you that you're here. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you're speaking to us. I thank you, Lord, that you are our King and you're faithful and you're a good, good Father and you've got good, good plans for us. And so right now, Lord, we want to respond in worship to you. Jesus, you are the living Word. Come by your Holy Spirit. Come on, let's lift up our hands together.